I got to do something cool today. I got to tell someone how very important they were to me and my story of Slewfoot Records and the very important role they played in the story of my interesting experience of getting picked to be on Morning Edition with Bob Edwards. And that was Jeff Weiss of Miles of Music. Jeff and Corey were such incredible cheerleaders for our music at the start of the Americana scene. And really you can't state or even talk about that scene without them. They introduced me to music by Dick Prawl and Thad Cockrell and plenty of other people. And I'd have to say that all the scene would have been different if it weren't for them. And so now let's say thanks to Jeff and Corey and let's hear their interesting involvement in the story of Slewfoot Records and the appearance of <laughs> the old, old story on Morning Edition, DaleWileyShow.com. You're still there? I'm here. Oh, good. It just kind of like disappeared all of a sudden. <laughs> so is this the famous Jeff Weiss of Miles this, of Music? This is the famous Jeff Weiss of, of being quarantined. <laughs> What's that? Of just, yes, it's me. <laughs> well... So anyway, I really thought that I would like to get you on not only to talk about Miles of Music and all the beauty and music that you brought to so many people, but I also want to talk to you about your own very special participation in the miracle that was the old, old story. Your phone is clipping, so I'm uh, getting okay. about every every little bit of that. Okay, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, is this better now? That is much better. Okay. So anyway, tell me about how you started Miles Music. You know, it's it started out in a, in a different way. Uh, my my partner worked for a company that sold music via mail order to prisoners. Okay. And his boss wasn't doing anything to grow or promote the business. And okay. there, you know, prisons were a growing business at the time. Right, so sure. He and I talked about it. It's like, you know, if your boss isn't going to do this, maybe we should start something and go for the parts of the market that he's he's not uh, interested in. Okay. So we decided to do this, and we started setting it up. And we thought, well, we need to get our our, uh, our feet wet with uh, – you know, running this business on a very small scale before we jump into this much bigger thing. And No Depression had just started. It was music that right. I loved. So sure. I said, let's just run an ad in the back, uh, sell some stuff, get our, our systems down, and go from there. Okay. Well, that was more successful than we expected. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it became the focus of what we were doing. So the, the selling prisoners thing disappeared, which was fine because I wasn't really interested in that kind of music, and it was much more right. fun to sell music sure. that I liked. Right. And this would have been, what, 95 or when? 95, yeah, 95. Okay. And so basically what I know is you guys have become big enough that you were on Mark Pucci's mailing list when we first started Super. That's how I first heard of you guys. Yeah. And so yeah. anyway, 
what was those fir- what was the first few years like? How did that happen? So we reached out to the no depression folks to run an ad and just started chatting with them in addition to getting the ad ready and became friends with Grant, Kyla and Peter. Right. Sure. And it became a mutually beneficial relationship. We of course were buying uh, ad space from them and right. they wanted to see the music that they were writing about have some opportunity in the marketplace. Right, sure. So it it was a a mutual bene- mutually beneficial relationship and so eventually it became us finding things on our own and having it sent to them and them referring people to us, so it became symbiotic. Because what I remember is you guys were real champions for these to be sold. You always had ideas and thoughts about where you, you should go and the artists you should pick up. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we weren't rigid to alt-country. Right. Uh, we decided that that we were gonna just gonna find good music primarily in the in the alt country realm. Right. But if it was good and and we thought our our customer base was gonna be interested, we would carry it. And so basically, because I remember you guys introduced me to um, let's see who was it. There was. You know, not only you were big fans of Dwayne Jarvis, definitely. Yeah. I remember that. But you guys also introduced me to um, Thad Cockrell and other different really important people, people yeah. I liked very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were really fortunate that we got to listen to a lot of really good music yes, during that time. Yeah, really good music. On the other hand, you, you as a, a label guy, uh, know that you also had to listen to a lot of really not good music. <laughs> yes, I know. But that's part of the deal. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things that when you really start to realize how fortunate you are to be able to hear this stuff, it's really good to, you know, find the deal in the haystack. I like that, yeah. too. Yeah. And, and, and we would, you know, we would get so much stuff in. We would have tubs and tubs of it. And every so often in the office, we would just have a, let's randomly draw something out of this tub and see what we think. And we would sit around as a group and discuss it and decide if it was something we wanted to carry. Okay. Most so of the stuff that... memories? What did you remember liking? Well, ask me that again. What are, those, what are some of those memories? What do you remember liking as a group? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Most of it was stuff we didn't like because we, we knew... When <laughs> stuff would come in, we knew essentially what we were looking for. And like you said, needles in a haystack. We we knew right. a lot of the needles. But most of the stuff it was it was um just so very average singer songwriter stuff. <laughs> One of the things we learned about musicians is the more organized they were about the business portion, right? The less the less likely their music was going to be something we were interested <laughs> really? in. Really? That's yeah. That's- Interesting comment. It was a it was a weird dynamic. Like, oh, this person's really on it. They're contacting us, and yeah, the music's just kind of mediocre. <laughs> well, I guess that one of the things that I want to make sure that we talk about because I really don't know if you even know the part of this story, but 
do you realize that you are the reason why we got on NPR for the Bill Bill story? No, I had no idea. See, that's what I'm saying, is that in the midst of everything else, I had an ad, or we had agreed uh, we were doing a full-page ad in the Oxford American, uh, or the Oxford American yep. newspaper, whatever it was, magazine. Magazine, yeah. And so anyway, that magazine came out, and it had our planned release of the old old story. And, you know, of course, that's the kind of field recording thing that we did. It was me and Lou Whitney that did it. And it was kind of our ta- our kind of modern take on the whole idea of, you know, the the great field recordings that Al- Alan Lomax had done and all mm-hmm. those things. And so we, we talked about that, and we did it, and we ran an ad in No Depression. Read an ad in the Oxford American States, but it was a full page ad. It, it had like several different things that we were doing. But the deal was that when it ran, one of the producers for the NPR Morning Edition with Bob Edwards saw it and decided they wanted to feature it in, you know, on Morning Edition. But the deal oh, wow. was, it was actually. It was actually about a month before it was supposed to hit stores. And so we were left with this strange deal of having this amazing opportunity with, with you know, with a national audience and no stores to get into. So basically, right. we were so lucky that Amazon was at least somewhat around and could care some of it. But, you know, in other words, if it wasn't for miles of music, I mean, that's another thing that just... Another amazing connection that I just thought is kind of cool to tell you the part that you had in that story. Well, that's fantastic. I had no idea. It's, <laughs> you know, we the further we get away from the business, um, the better we feel about it because those last few years were just so rough. Yeah. Because, yep. you know, with, Amazon going into selling music cheaper than we could even right. buy it from our providers, Napster, and though folks didn't recognize it at the time, the recession had started. We started feeling it uh, in about 2006. Okay. Things started really changing, and it was rough those last those last few years just trying to survive. And and until we finally just went, you know what, we can't do this anymore. Uh, the right. business just isn't there. And it, it took us a long time to to recover from that because it Definitely. was it was, I it totally was so yeah totally so intertwined with our lives. You know, Corey and I both working there, right? It, it really was a very um, a very crushing moment for us. Yeah, and so now what are you doing? Now I work for the Automobile Club of Southern California. Okay, I am a uh, training. Specialist. Okay. I I train the the call center agents that take emergency roadside service calls. Okay, and what is Corey doing? Well, at the moment, she got laid off from the museum oh, no. she was working at, but she's been working at uh, the Broad Museum for the last several years. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Broad is uh, a big museum in LA. Uh, 
started by Eli Broad, who's a, a gigantic home builder in town. And okay. you know, she, she's been working there for several years uh, in the retail, in the store, and right. has really enjoyed it. It's just unfortunate, of course, that the museums had to close down. And the company, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the company did everything they could to keep the uh, the staff on on uh, salary for as long as they could. But a couple weeks ago, they finally said, you know, we just have to pull the plug on this. Oh, geez. Well, that's unfortunate, but I'm glad to hear, you know, from you. And really, I just think that, you know, I think that that's one of these things where it probably is one of these things where you don't even realize how many people you touched through your amazing music business. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It uh, it sometimes was working in a vacuum where <laughs> we're just doing our thing and and there's no you know, no cog- cognition, no cogniz- cognition, whatever the word is, of okay. what's happening around us, the right. impact that we're having. Sure. And because it, it ended so uh, unfortunately, there was a a real I let so many people down feeling at right. the end. Sure. So so it was a long time before I started getting some feedback from various artists that we had carried who said, you know, thank you very much. It really uh, had an impact. Oh, definitely. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I remember Lou Whitney talking to me about, you know, just about, you know, feeling better about Slewfoot not going over as big as it, as it wanted to. You know, it's this point where you just – have to take a different mindset and have a different view of how many cool people you touched and how cool the thing you did was. Yeah, yeah, and and unfortunately, cool and and uh, commerce don't always go hand in hand. <laughs> Definitely, that's the deal. But actually, that's a part of what I'm wanting to do with what I've been trying to make you know, sense of here is try to make Slewfoot fit into more of the 21st century and mid-21st century idea of podcasts and everything else. I mean, you think about if we would have had podcasts back then, how much cooler our, our life would have been, you know, yeah. how many more people, you know, yeah. we could have touched. But I really now want to get back in and see how many people we could bring together you know, but I also think that you as Miles of Music, I just think that you guys are amazing champions. And I think you need to realize that you're amazing champions, you know? Well, I really appreciate that. Um, because it felt like our, our impact was in such a small way, but I, I appreciate hearing that. Yeah, you know, and so the deal is I'm going to run this as a little short interview on the Dale Wiley show, but then it's also going to be a part of what I'm trying to put together on Slewfoot and the old old story and everything else. Because I got to tell you, I remember to this day getting that call, you know, on the landline, of course, <laughs> to, to the gal, you know, that was producing the Bob Edwards morning edition thing. And I'm like, how did you find out about this? And, you know, the, the, it was the Miles of Music. It was that ad. Wow. And, you know, you sold thousands of records, and, you know, it's just awesome to think about. We were all involved in that same little story. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, to tell Corey when uh, when we're done with this conversation. Definitely do because I sure I probably talked to her more than anything because, but she was always so positive and such a weight, and I'm glad to get to talk to you guys again and we'll put on the podcast and I'm so happy to get to talk to the awesome legendary people <laughs> of the music. <laughs> well, thank thank you for that. We appreciate All right. that. Talk to you later. All right, thanks. Take care. Jeff is also a big baseball fan, and so we've spent more of the last dozen years or so just talking about baseball in our in our friendship on Facebook. But the importance that Miles of Music had to the whole Americana scene can't really be understated, and that's why it's cool to catch up with all kinds of different people to talk to them on DaleWileyShow.com.